Welcome, stranger. Come sit next to the fire and rest your weary bones. Tonight, I have two tales to tell. The first you may know from your childhood. And if you're still here, well, congratulations on surviving. And the second, we'll get there later. For the night is young, and the darkness beckons. Let us start then, and let me tell you the story of the Flat Man. At night, when you're lying snug in your bed, and you're tossing and turning and unable to sleep, you sometimes hear strange noises. You hear a soft tap, tap, tap on the window. You try to tell yourself it's just a tree branch tapping against the glass. But deep down inside, you know it's the flat man. He's trying to get in. His bony fingers scrape against the window frame. He squeezes himself through the cracks. He slides across the windowsill. He's so thin. He can creep in without you knowing. You can't keep him out. You peer into the darkness, trying to catch a glimpse, but he's too smart. If you turn on the light, he hides behind the wardrobes and curtains. He's always one step ahead. When you breathe a sigh of relief and turn off the light again, he emerges from his hiding place. Flatman is afraid of the light. He lurks there in the shadows. He presses himself up against the wall. He creeps in the darkness from corner to corner, silently waiting for you to fall asleep. You strain your ears to listen, but you can't hear a thing. The Flatman is holding his breath and waiting without making a sound. You feel a chill run down your spine because you know he's there. The moment you relax and close your eyes, the flat man will slide across the floor and slip under your bed. Even though it's warm 
You still shiver because you know he's close. You pull the covers tightly around you, trying to protect yourself, but nothing can protect you from the flat man. As you lie there on your side, you can feel him behind you, lying beside you. His bony fingers skitter and flutter softly against the bedsheets. You feel the chill of his breath on the back of your neck. You lie there, too terrified to move, as his paper-thin arms slowly wrap around you. As soon as you fall asleep, his gnarled hands will cover your nose and mouth. You won't able to breathe. Your body will struggle to take one more breath of air. You'll wake up, gasping for air, and you'll cry out for help. Perhaps the flat man will let you live. Perhaps he will just slide back into the shadows, where he will lurk again, waiting for his next chance. Waiting until you let down your guard. He's waiting for that perfect night, when there's no one else in the house, and no one there to hear your cries, and no one will come running when you scream. And he can strangle you in your sleep. And nobody will ever, ever know what happened to you. Now for all those parents here tonight, I hope you left the nightlight on for your children. For we have all felt the presence of the flat man, as we are all survivors to tell his story. Now for the second story of the night. Places are given names for a reason, and warnings about such places are much the same. For this tale is called the Devil's Pocket. It was an old abandoned quarry, and the two brothers were forbidden to ever climb down into it, or even go near it. A long time ago, there had been a cave-in at the bottom of the quarry, and several men from the village had been trapped under tons of stone and slate. They were never seen again. The stone swallowed them up! Their parents would warn the boys whenever they spoke of the quarry then they would be threatened with all kinds of punishments if they were ever caught near the quarry. And finally, 
Their father would look up from under his glasses, and in his deepest voice, he would say, It's the devil's pocket. Don't ever throw a penny in it. There were other stories floating around the village. Rumors about the strange, haunting echoes that filled the quarry late at night when the wind was still. But the more stories the boys heard about the quarry, the more fascinated they became with the devil's pocket. I'm not afraid, said Marty, looking down into the bottom of the quarry. I'm going to throw a penny into it. You better not, cried Bruce. We're not even supposed to be standing here. And he pulled his younger brother away from the edge of the quarry. You're just afraid, exclaimed Marty, taking an old, dull penny from his pocket and throwing it as far as he could into the quarry. You shouldn't have done that, Marty. You know what we were told. Shh. Listen. Ping, ping, echoed the quarry. Clink, ping. Did you hear it? Did you hear? Did you hear my penny? Come on, let's climb down. Just once, cried Marty, suddenly breaking away from his brother. Marty, you come back here. But it was too late. Marty was already running down the side of the quarry. You're going to get it, shouted Bruce as he chased after his brother. And the devil's pocket echoed back. You're going to get it. Going to get it. Get it. And before the echo died, both boys were standing side by side at the bottom of the quarry. Boo! cried Marty, as loudly as he could. And the devil's pocket echoed back, Boo! 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 Come on, Marty, let's go home. And the devil's pocket repeated, Go home! Go home! Ignoring his older brother, Marty began running around the bottom of the quarry, playing games with his echo, running and shouting until the quarry was filled with howls and screams and laughter. Then all of a sudden, Marty tripped over a rock, and for a moment, the quarry was still. Now you've done it, cried Bruce, running to help his brother. You've done it. You've done it. Done it. Now the devil's pockets seemed to be mocking them. Look what I found, Marty cried, jumping to his feet. My penny! It's my penny! And he held it up to his brother to see as he danced around and around with glee. Then he shouted to the quarry, I found my penny! I found my penny! I found my penny! My penny! My penny! My penny, the quarry echoed back. That's not your penny, said Bruce. Look how shiny and new it is. 
Marty looked down at the penny gleaming in the palm of his hand. It is so my penny. And he shouted back at the quarry. It's my penny. It's my penny. But this time, the devil's pocket did not echo back. And both boys stared at each other in silence. I'm scared. Marty whimpered, stuffing the penny in his pocket. Let's go home. Better not take it, Bruce whispered as he carefully scanned the rocks and the sides of the quarry. And the quarry echoed loudly, Better not take it. Better not take it. Not take it. Not take it. Not take it. And the echo grew and swelled, repeating the same words over and over again as both boys scrambled up the side of the quarry and ran as fast as they could straight for home. Before they went to bed, Marty placed the gleaming penny on the night table between their beds, and both boys took a long look at it before they finally fell asleep. That night, both boys had the same dream. They dreamed that the devil's pocket was calling them, calling them to give back the penny. Perhaps it was only a dream, but when morning came, the two brothers found themselves huddled together in one bed, and the penny, well, the penny was gone. stories told for you this evening, The Flat Man and the Devil's Pocket, are read and dramatized by Warren Bussinger for the Meat, Mead and Dragon Tales Podcast 2020. Both stories are available from scaryforkids.com and are both derived from old folk tales. The Meat, Mead and Dragon Tale Podcast is a non-for-profit and takes no money in or for making these tales. These tales are read for you in entertainment purposes only and to inspire other storytellers to do the same. All sound mixing by Warren Bussinger. The prelude to Meet Mead and Dragon Tales, musical interlude, written and composed by Jethro Gomez, 2020. Thank you once again to all my subscribers and followers. You're the reason I continue making these tales. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, and good night.